What a great God we serve. Amen. 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 This morning, we're going to talk about being a stone, a living stone. We are God's chosen people. Amen. Jesus chose us. He picked us out. The scripture comes from 1 Peter, and I'm going to start in verse 24 of chapter 1 and then go through verse 5 of chapter 2. And it says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to us and preached to you. Therefore, lying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as a living stone are being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now Paul, or Peter, I mean, just demonstrated the glory and the internal character of God's word. Therefore, in light of what God's word is to us, we re should receive his word. But we need to receive it with a particular heart. Ezekiel said that God was going to take out our heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. Jesus said he's going to give us a loving heart, a heart full of the Holy Spirit. We have to be able to receive the word. If you're not receptive, if it's going to bounce off you, then it's not going to do you any good. But you have to receive it with a particular heart. And so, in the Greek, they use a word for desire. The word they used here was the deepest longing for God. The translation of desire meant a deep longing for God. They equated it to Psalm 42, verse 1, where it says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Amen. As a deer pants for water in the brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. Are you that hungry for God's word this morning? Are you that hungry tomorrow morning? Are you that hungry on Tuesday night? Because if there's no hunger, if there's no desire, you're not going to grow in Christ. You're going to remain the same. Some of you will go backwards. Every believer should have a desire for more and more of God's word. If you think God has poured out all his revelation on you, 
already, then you have nothing more to learn. So why are you here? So obviously none of you believe that. Jesus in three years did not have time to pour out everything he wanted the apostles to know. He said, I'm going to have to give you a Holy Spirit to carry this on because I just can't give it to you in three years. You know, when you take a newborn babe, a healthy baby always has a yearning for its mother's milk. And when things are going right, you don't have to wake the baby up and say, hi, are you hungry? Hi, do you need to eat? It lets you know. I want more. So why, why would you have to do that now? Why would you have to be told you need more of God's word? You should go after it with all you have. Because God is going to pour out. The more you go after him, the more he'll pour out upon you. Amen. He's not going to stop. His Holy Spirit is sent here for the mission. He hasn't accomplished it in any one of us. Amen. But he will continue. We must always be alert and make sure that our hunger stays up. And that we do not thirst for anything other than God's word. Because some of us chase the ways of the world. We think that's necessary, and it's not. But the word of God is necessary for our Christians growth. We should all desire this poor milk, this pure milk. Paul, did, he rebukes the Corinthians because they were only able to re receive milk. They couldn't get anything stronger. They couldn't go after the meat of the word. But Peter says, if you're going after pure milk, just go for it. Let that desire just keep going. So who are newborn babes? All of us. All of us need to hunger like a newborn babe. Amen. What we get fed could be different things, but we all need to have that hunger. Amen. We all need to have that. The most advanced of us in knowledge and attainment are still in comparison. We don't know nothing compared to Jesus. I mean, we can sit down and have a conversation with him. We, we can sit down and have a conversation with him. And he would just leave us in the dark. He would just leave us in the dark. I mean, Nicodemus sat down with Jesus, not one time, as it says in Scripture. They sat down and had many conversations, but Jesus just couldn't get them there. Jesus could not get Nicodemus there. He was so stuck in the religious beliefs of a system that he grew up in that Jesus just could not convert him. Some of us still have a lot of those old structures stuck in our head that we just can't let go of. Right. We have to let go and be free. There's a Holy Spirit that is going to teach you. Amen. Yeah. There's a Holy Spirit that's going to guide you. 
And the gifts of the Spirit did not die when the last apostle died. But they continue on today. When I first got saved, I couldn't get enough of the Word. I couldn't get enough. I was out, I was at church three times a day on Sunday. I was at all three services. I was there on Wednesday night. And if there was anything going on during the week somewhere else, I was there. I mean, I listened to preachers talk about all kinds of things. I went to ministers' meetings. I went to things with, uh, well, there was one conference with a, a former witch. The lady used to be in, in witchcraft. And, and she held a little conference in a small little place in Miramar. And we were there. I mean, just a bunch of us from the church. We just went and traveled everywhere because we could not get enough. We needed to be fed more and more. We needed to learn how people got from one place to the other. How did they come across? How did you come out of such darkness into the marvelous light? I was telling Rocky this morning, I said, I, said, I was just praising God last night for lifting me out of the dark world Amen. that I Amen. lived in and, and the darkness Thank that you, dwelled Lord. in Thank me you, Jesus. and how much light he just poured out on me. It was like day and night. Thank you, Lord. And my conversion took place like day and night. I went to bed in dark, woke up in light. Amen. I mean, there's nothing else that can be said. Bless you, Lord. But we talk about being living stones. Jesus is building a relationship of people to be living stones to build his body on to build the bride of Christ on. This is what you're a part of. You're a part of the bride of Christ. Amen. You're gonna be a part of that wedding day as Christ comes for his, his bride. You're gonna be part of that bride. Amen. So we call this building spiritual growth. Psalm 92.12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Well, if you know anything about cedars, they grow very tall in Lebanon. It's probably the capital of that, of cedar in the world. So they use that scripture. In Malachi, they say this, But you, to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with the healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Well, if you don't know what a stall-fed calf is, before you're willing to take a calf to slaughter, before you're willing to take it to the slaughterhouse and sell it as a steer, usually after you've been feeding it grass all this time, this last 30 days, you bring it in, you put it in a stall, and you just feed it grain, and it fattens them right up because you're getting paid on how much they weigh. So you fatten it up before you send it to the slaughter. So calves that are stall fed become very, very fat. Then he says, leaving behind all malice, all evil, all guile, hypocrisy, you all know what that is. Brother Chris talked about it this morning. It's believing one thing, teaching one thing, and doing another. 
envy. We all know what jealousy does. We've all seen it. We've all seen it. We've seen it in this church. You've seen it in other churches. You've seen it on the job. You've seen it in the home. You've seen it everywhere. You know what it is. You just got to stop it. Amen. But you know what it is. Amen. Evil speaking that you're talking about here is what you Filipinos call chase mota. Backbiting. <laughs> Evil speaking. There's an old saying, if you have nothing nice to say about somebody, don't say anything. This attitude of the heart needs to change. That's what Jesus comes and does. But he doesn't teach you to be weak. See, a lot of Christians feel they've got to be weak. That when there's a battle, you don't fight it. You turn the other cheek. No. When Jesus saw wrongdoing, he corrected it. Amen. When you see wrongdoing, you tell a friend. Amen. That's a sin you're living in. You're not judging him. You're telling him what scripture says. You stand up for what you believe. And you're going to have to. Because the last days are coming. And the time's going to come where you're going to have to either stand with Jesus or go get the mark of the beast. The time is coming. You can see it. Look what's happening in Canada. Here's a nation that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah, they socialized medicine. <clears throat> but other than that, they were a pretty free country. Not anymore. Nope. It's a total totalitarianism. Look what they're teaching our kids in school. <clears throat> our kids. You parents let your kids grow up to be woke. It's your fault. It's your fault if your kids are woke. Cancel culture. That's on you. Because you didn't stand up for what you believed. You let somebody else do it. And it didn't work out that well. We have to have an attitude in our heart that receives God's word. Amen. Not everybody can do this. You know this. You have friends that you've tried to talk to for years about Jesus, and they just won't listen. They just can't make the connection. They just can't make the connection. It's not your fault. You're doing the best you can to teach them. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what Jesus said. Go out and share my word. Go out and tell them. But haven't you tasted yourself the graciousness of God? Haven't you tasted the graciousness of God? Haven't you felt his grace upon your life? Well, if you have, why not share that? Because you've all experienced grace. God has given you all grace. He's given you some form of that. So if you've received the grace of God, 
on your life, why not share that? Amen. I mean, like I said, you may share it with people that will not receive it. They'll call you a liar, they won't believe the stories, but you know they're true. Peter says that we gotta come to Jesus as living stones, being able to be built in a fashion that Jesus would build us. And we have to be alive to do that. Just like the word of God is the living word of the living God. And you all know that. I mean, I could ask you to raise hands in this congregation and how many people have read a scripture and read it again and, it, and the meaning and something different pointed out to you? It's because it's the living word of God. And you're gonna be the living stone in his church. That's why he has you gather together. Coming to him as a living stone, Peter says, rejected by men, but chosen by God. Amen. And precious, precious. How many people have ever called you precious? How many have ever said, oh, yeah, Lyle, you're a real precious person. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. So it says you, as also as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Peter's picture is of God's building of a spiritual temple, a spiritual house, and the living stones are us. Those who have come as ultimate stones. Jesus is the first living stone, Amen. the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. He's the one that everything is built on. Yes, but we're underneath him. Hallelujah. We live because we're connected to Jesus. Jesus is like our umbilical cord. We can't go anywhere without him. Amen. We can't breathe without him. We can't live without him. Right. We can't do anything without Jesus. We need Jesus. Chosen by Jesus. Chosen. He picked us. He chose us. He called us precious. Just as God chose Israel, Jesus chose the church. And that's us. Israel had a priesthood. They did. But we as Christians are a holy priesthood. Amen. There's a difference. Those priests in the Old Testament, they made sacrifices for the people. They were able to go into the Holy of Holies one day a year for the repentance of Israel. I mean, it's so weird when I read things like this, but they said they used to have tie a rope around the priest. In case he did something wrong, he died when he was in there. They could drag him out. I mean, I think that's remarkable. I mean, they're so afraid to go into the presence of God because they got to tie a rope around the priest. And Jesus says, hey, you're my holy priest. 
we're not of the order of Aaron. We are not Levites. We are of the order of Mechizedek. Jesus was of the order of Mechizedek. We are under that order of priests. We are by the order of Mechizedek. This is where our priesthood comes from. And what do we do as priests? We offer up sacrifices, holy sacrifices. Well, where's our temple? That we are the temple. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are human temples. Amen. So our sacrifice that we lift up is our own. We lift up ourselves to Christ. We lift up ourselves to Christ as a sacrifice. We're it. Every true Christian, every true believer is his own priest. Amen. And we worship and sacrifice to God, the same God, but our sacrifices are different. Because each of you have given a gift. Each of you have been given a gift. Amen. That gift is the beginning of your sacrifice. If you're a worshiper, your sacrifice is your worship. Amen. If you're a prayer warrior, your sacrifice is prayer. But it's so much more than that. That's just the beginning. You see, the veil is gone. The veil is gone. Jesus tore the veil on the cross. We can go into that presence of God. It tells us in Hebrews. Go into the presence of God boldly. Boldly go before the throne of God. It doesn't say go in there like little wimps. Go in there on your hands and knees crying. No, it says go in there boldly. I mean, you got to go in there like Peter would go in there. And Peter would go in there with his sword drawn. Because he'd tell God, I'm here. Don't mess with me. Just go boldly before the throne. Don't be afraid of our God. If he wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. If he didn't want you on this earth, you wouldn't be here. And if he didn't want to choose you, he wouldn't have chosen you. So go boldly before the throne because he chose you. He chose you all for a reason. He chose each one of you to be part of this body, to build this body up. And this body's only going to get bigger because you bring in people. It's not going to get bigger by anything I do. It's not going to get bigger by any of the worship they do. It's going to get bigger by you bringing your friends in. So as believers, we're living stones. Church, Jesus promised to build us. He told Peter in Matthew, he said, I'm telling you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I mean, can you imagine the conversation he had with Peter that day? Peter, come here. 
you know, on this rock, I'm going to, I'm you. I'm going to build my church. What did Peter do? Yeah, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, that's right. But he did. I mean, here's Peter. Denies Jesus three times. Do you know him? No. Aren't you the one that was with Jesus? No. Don't you know who he is? Nope. Never seen him before in my life. <laughs> Don't know that guy. Then Jesus gets resurrected. And he reinstates Peter. And the pure emotion of someone who had rejected Christ coming back into the family. It tells you right then that people can change. That people won't always. So don't really give up, but people, when you see people come into a church that haven't been to church in a while, just welcome them with open arms. Because something happened that changed their lives. In 2 Corinthians, it tells us that living stones are a new life. You get it from 2 Corinthians 5.17. You all know that scripture. If anyone is Christ, then therefore he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. Your old is gone. It passed away. It died. Leave it buried. Some people like to keep bringing it up and reliving it. Son, Jesus, he said, hey, I forgive your sins and I remember them no more. So why do you remember them? It can only be of the evil. Let your past be your past. It is gone. You can't relive one moment of yesterday. Not one moment. There may be things I regret from yesterday, but I can't relive one of them. I can't change a thing. It's gone. So is your past life. It's gone. Let it go. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. True believers are obligated to live holy lives. We're obligated to live holy lives. And some types of spiritual Sacrifices is living in obedience to God. There's a sacrifice. Because not everything we'd like to do as human beings is holy and obedient to God. I mean, let's look at one thing. Tithing. Tithing is one is 10% of your increase. So if you make a thousand dollars a week, that's a hundred. It's not ten dollars. It's a hundred. That's tithing. That's obedience to God. Amen. That's hard for a lot of people because we figure we're better money managers than God. Now, God seemed to manage my life pretty well since I surrendered it to him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And he can manage my finances because I've never gone without. I've given more than I've ever given. Come on. Amen. I've given more than I've ever given. 
And I still have more in the bank than I ever did. So how, I don't know. I don't have a clue. God just does it. But there's one thing of obedience. Coming into his house of worship. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Preach. When we go to work, if we're late, we get fired. But it doesn't seem to bother anybody to come late to church. I'm just saying. Obedience to God. Amen. This is God's house. You're all part of God's house. Amen. Keep it clean. Amen. You see something that needs to be done, let me know. We'll get it fixed. Amen. You're all part of this body of Christ. Lift each other up. Encourage one another. There's another issue. Oh, I don't know if I want to say anything. That person, eh. last time I talked to them, they didn't receive my encouragement too well. Mm -hmm. So what? Do it again. Right. Do it again. Sometimes, you know, God will put it on your heart. Oh, give this person a message. You know, here's what I want you to say to so-and-so. You want me to, oh, no, I don't want to talk to them. I mean, you all know, there's all people you've got in your lives you don't want to talk to. And God will put it on your heart you talk to them. It's just a sign of obedience. God makes us do so many things. He tests us so many times about our obedience. It's all about our obedience. It's not about anything else. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. I mean, how much more do you want? Obedience is what God wants. Trust in him is what God wants. You really trust Bank of America to take care of your money? Something happens to this government, your money's gone. Kiss it goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. Why? Because if the Chinese or somebody attacked us, the Russians, the first thing they'd overtake is a cyber attack on our banks. And they'd freeze all our money, be gone. So everything you had in the bank be history. Trust in God, because he'll protect you. He'll guide you. He'll always be there for you. Obedience to God. Praising and praying are real signs of obedience. It doesn't hurt you to take where we're doing 15 minutes of these 100 days of glory. 15 minutes a day you read God's word. 15 minutes a day you pray. That's fine. But why not when you go to bed at night, spend 15 minutes singing praises to God? Pray to God. It says in Hebrews 13, 15, 
Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Praise is a sacrifice. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to God. And when you think of all the words that have come over our lips in our lifetime, what better words to go through our lips than praise to God? Amen. What could be better than our praise to God? I don't think any of us have ever said much that could be better than that. But I know we've said things that could be a lot worse. Serving God with whole hearts and willing hands. Service is another thing people have a hard time with. Especially in today's day and age, you'd rather just pay somebody. No, do it yourself. Serve them. Serve in the church. Serve in a ministry. Serve somewhere. Amen. Just serve. Serve other people. You know, when you were sitting down having a meal, go serve somebody. Amen. Clean up afterwards. Serve. Amen. Just serve. In Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 28, it said, As for you, my son Solomon, this is David speaking, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts. Did you catch that? The Lord searches all hearts. He's searching every one of your hearts right now. That's frightening. That's what he's doing. He's also searching every one of your thoughts right now. Because God can do that. So he understands the intent of your thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Think about those words. He knows your every thought. He knows what's in your heart. And he knows that if you don't have favor to him, he'll just say goodbye. Presenting our body to God as instruments of righteousness. This is something we need to do. Paul tells us in Romans, he says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God, being alive from the dead, as your members are instruments of righteousness of God. Paul's talking about the conversion that you've had. Your body used to be corrupt and sinful and full of unrighteousness. But now you're full of righteousness of God and holy. Live it that way. Present yourself that way. Go before God holy and righteous. You know, all true believers are to intercede and pray for others. Which does my heart well to see so many of you up here praying and the rest of you in the congregation praying for Rocky and Cindy this morning. It was just one of everybody prayed. What an awesome church. What an awesome church. Give yourselves a hand. You deserve it. How much more do I 
You all know true believers, we are to intercede. Paul tells us, as he's talking to his brothers in Colossians, he says, Ephesus, or Ephoritus, you, who is one of you. He's one of Paul's friends. He's one of Paul's disciples. He said he's a bondservant of Christ, and he greets you, and he's always laboring for you fervently in prayer. In other words, Paul's saying, hey, even one of my friends, one of my disciples is praying for the church in Colossae. He said, he's interceding for you. We intercede for other people. We intercede for other churches. We intercede for our friends, our relatives. Intercede for them. John in the book of Revelation says, and another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he could offer it with prayers of all the saints and upon the golden altar which was there before the throne. He had all our prayers, this angel. Every prayer you've ever prayed, the angel is holding in a censer. And he puts it before the throne of God. All your prayers go up. So if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to be a living stone. You must be prepared to defend God's word. You must be prepared to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts 4.31 says, And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You need the Holy Spirit to share the word of God boldly. Timidly, you could probably do it on your own. But if you're going to boldly go up to a stranger and share the word of God, you better have the Holy Spirit with you. You just better. Even a living stone cannot build something great for God if it sits all alone and sits on its own. And that's why churches are so important. That's why this body is so important. We build this church together. We're all living stones. We're all part of the body. And we're all important. Each and every one of us, as God said, is precious. Each and every one of us. So remember, we're a holy priesthood. We are living stones. And we must go that way. Come on up. We're a holy priesthood. We're living stones. Holy and acceptable to Christ. Let's stand.